Howdy, howdy, fucking partner. Stifler Claus is here, and he's bringing you one hell of a dynamite. Earning that explicit tag five seconds in. It's coming anyways, so why not get it over with? And we're not the only ones. AEW followed suit. More on that later. I'm Mitch. Rick fucking Ross. <laughs> we can't even make it past the intro. That said, we're still the Bingo Hall Boys, a pro wrestling podcast. I'm Mitch. Joining me is my co-host, Jake. Jake, how are you doing? Good, man. I can tell you're um, just as punch drunk as I am after a super sweet dynamite. Um, I'm doing good, man. Uh, winding up for for Christmas. It's Christmas week. Um, we're expecting some some bad weather our way. People down here don't know how to deal with, you know, rain that turns into ice and then snow on top of that. So uh, I might be working remote the next couple of days, but it's all good. So I might have cabin fever by the time, like, we next record. Like, Jake, what have you been up to? And be like, I did an entire rewatch of, <laughs> I don't know, IWA Mid-South. Yeah. How quickly we've forgotten that COVID lifestyle. Uh, well, I I didn't get to work from home. I I didn't get like a day off, dude. No, I was I was right in the heart of it. So I would have loved to do a uh, a rewatch. So how have you been, bud? What have you been up to? I got. Uh... Our cold stretch is just starting to hit, so we're in for some some very cold days. Um, we might actually hit minus 50 Celsius before the wind chill in the coming weeks. <laughs> um, for you um, Fahrenheit folks, that's about the equivalent of minus 58 Fahrenheit. So yep, can imagine. Um, if we go Fahrenheit numbers, we have a range of about 150 degrees throughout a year, so... We see it all, yeah. but you know what? There's no blizzards or snow in the forecast, so it's just cold. We're not going to be snowed in. <laughs> We're equipped for that. Just wind that will cut through your soul. Oh, there's a priceless recording of... Uh, so CBC, Canadian like Broadcasting Corporation, is kind of like our, our kind of Canadian ghetto NBC sort of thing, and the radio yeah, show sure. they have in Saskatoon or in Saskatchewan where I'm at, they had a what this was years ago this old like redneck farmer calls in because they said the weather was going to be nice but the wind was insane and he's going off on it don't give me this shit it's gonna be nice the wind's gonna be fucking howling and there's nothing we can do about this this is bullshit why do we live in the asshole of the world and if anybody wow. wants to look it up it is it's still out there it's easy to find <laughs> i'll put that in my queue right now is absolutely priceless and very much how most of Saskatchewan actually feels about our frigid winters. But I get two full weeks off of work, so I can't be happier. Oh, congrats, man. Congrats. Yeah, it's um, end of the year is always weird. Got to wrap up things with work and then springboard right into uh, 2023. Um, Can I hit you with a potential hot take before we do a dynamite review? It'll lead us into the dynamite review. I'm pretty sure I know what it is and go for it. (laughs) Assuming that game six next week is a banger, which by all indication, like given like the track record over the last, like what, six years at this point, it will deliver 
big time. I want to get out in front of the bandwagon. I don't have to be driving it. I can be in the passenger side. I, I, I but I want to be at the at the front of this. I think there's a legitimate argument that the Young Bucks are the tag team of the year over FTR. Not even that. I will also include that the specifically Young Bucks Lucha Brothers is a better feud in 2022 than the Briscoes and FTR delivered. Couple qualifiers. This isn't me being anti FTR. I know I do a lot of shtick on here that I'm not the biggest FTR fan. I, I'm not the biggest FTR guy, but did I, you know, get talked into them having like two five star matches this year? Yes. I will concede that. I agree with that. They've I've said from like what, like January on, even in the episodes that didn't make tape, FTR is the tag team of the year. Like, I just don't see an argument. Looking at it side by side, dude. Ah, I know, I know I'm a I'm a big homer for the young bucks, but I'm I'm gonna read you off some matches. Okay. I have Let's see over a dozen, but I'm just for the sake of this argument, I'm just going to include four star matches that I, I I gave four stars to that aren't in the Death Triangle feud. They face Jurassic Express and Red Dragon in March, FTR in April, June. On Rampage in California, they had almost, almost a five-star match against the Lucha Brothers. That was like maybe my favorite tag team match of the year. I think the dog collar matches probably beats that one. It definitely beats that one, but it's like right there. Then we have the tag team title match against Drastic Express in a ladder match. The Forbidden Door four-way with El Fantasmo, or trios with El Fantasmo versus Darby Sting and Shingo, which is like a fever dream oh. that I still can't, I still can't believe that happened. Then we got the uh, the tag team title match where Swerve and Our Glory won over Ricky Starks, Will Hobbs, and the Young Bucks. Then we had the trios match. With them and Kenny against Will Ospreay and Aussie Open, which was like, oh my god. Then we had the trios match with them against Hangman, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. That is an awesome year. Awesome year. And then we're gonna we're not gonna get the blow off by the time the end of the year happens. They're going to have six, six matches against Death Triangle that are in four-star territory. That's wild. And I think six four-star matches carries a little bit more weight than two fives. Maybe I'm crazy. And these aren't just like, these are barely four-star matches. These are like four and a half, like I'm having an absolute blast the entire time. Um... Part of me is kind of hoping you talk me off this bridge because if this is a hot take, I would like to say so. But I think that there's a genuine argument that 
because they've been my number two all year. They might be number one. I don't know if I'm going to try and talk you out of it. I think it's a pretty fair perspective. I think the difficult things that exist, I mean, not in the favor of Young Bucks. Obviously, they were absent for a few months because of, well, reasons. Um, right. And not in the favor of FTR. They were somewhat hamstrung in their ability to create the best feud of the year with the Briscoes because the Briscoes aren't allowed on television. So there's there's a barrier going Well, down. that and they were supposed to have a run with punk as a trio. So right. it's like, I, I didn't want to bring that up because I think that's kind of a wash. If you like, I, I, those two things kind of cancel yeah. each other out. So if we're just looking solely at matches, I'm, I'm close to 20 matches with the young bucks that are over four stars. And I mean, it's the same thing whenever we're going to end up talking wrestler of the year. And we look back, it's like, well, the wrestler of the year is Will Ospreay. Like, no one comes close to the sheer amount of snowflakes that this dude has, you know, in his in his match ratings. But there's also, like, other arguments, like the MVP of AEW, John Moxley, or Chris Jericho, who's just like, he's not out there hitting home runs every time, but it's like, he's hitting doubles and triples, man, like. I, I think that we, we can we're gonna have some fun conversations about it. I just I, I wanna open the door a little bit because I don't think that we can just give tag team of the year to FTR. Oh, I think there's definitely an argument to be made. Um that said, looking on the FTR side of things, one match I haven't seen yet that I'm really excited to finally go and watch when uh, I don't even know if it's available to watch yet because it wasn't in I don't think it was in New Japan. I think it was in like a UK indie or something. It was FTR against Aussie Open, and I have heard so many fantastic things. It was. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. It yeah. No, I I thought it. No, it was New Japan in or over there, wasn't it? Or was it? I don't. know. I can't remember. It might have been Rev Pro. Technology at our fingertips. I'm just gonna check. Eh, fuck it. But, um. Yeah, I okay. Oh, I was geez, New Young Japan, Bucks but it was New Aussie Japan Open. Royal Quest in London. So okay, that's what I thought. I was wrong, but I understand why I was wrong. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't in Japan. I think. Yeah, but see, you've got that match. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega had the trios match against will osprey and aussie open which is like the even sexier version of that match like if i'm like if you can have one of these two matches mitch which one are you gonna go with <laughs> do you see my point oh there's there's some very very fair points in this argument <laughs> i just well, i feel like if back. i go to the we still got i know but <laughs> i I think if I went to the F4W boards and posted this, I think I would get a lot of shit for it. But I, I think there's a legit argument. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm really really interested to see uh, how that shakes out. But speaking of the Young Bucks, dude, uh, you know how I said last week I was kind of disappointed that they were down three one because the matches will be predictable. Did matter for this one we knew that the elite were gonna win but dude this was just a fun christmas match let's go 
come on i can't be alone in this it was so oh, much fun it was it was i had a smile on my face the christmas tree spot um it was super obvious that the elite was winning but i did really like when they had pack like doing the brutalizer on kenny with the like yes garland kind of and they had like a <laughs> mat that was, was there a botch three count maybe it's just planting the seeds for Ibushi showing up by prepping those 2.99 kickouts. Where that's all we're doing. <laughs> the Rick Knox special. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Dude's going to break his wrists trying not to count three. Yeah. I'm sure you're still behind on BTE, but they alluded to Knox being back to the shitty referee where Kenny was cutting. <laughs> What are the things in common? They've used that damn hammer every match, and we've had the same ref for every match, and every single time he misses it. So, I guess uh, I guess the Bucks aren't paying him off anymore. But ton of fun. Yeah, I, I'm relieved that Nick is good with the ankle and everything. Um, I assumed it was work, but yeah. You know. Oh yeah, no that. Oh man, see that's a thing where it's just like the young bucks they they don't sell, they don't tell stories, they just do moves. I'm like you guys are so you're you're either like dicking around on your phone and like not paying attention, or you're just like you're stuck in like twenty years ago. Um, I I love this. The selling of the ankle just adds an extra layer. The fact that you know they did the hammer spot like. Openly, shit. Yeah. There were like two hammers at one point. They were like, "Oh, we'll just three go." Three hammers. Oh, well, well, three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was a bit much. I was like, "Okay, there's other things you can use." Um, it does feel a little bit like um, the ring bell hammer is so bizarre. Like it's one thing if you use it once, but it's like it feels a little bit like um, Jack's action action figure territory, where it's like. <laughs> If you spun, if you spun the wheel and landed on cookie pan sheet, it would have been like the same thing. Um, I loved it. I thought it was an absolute blast. And then the thing I loved the most about this wasn't even the match itself, but it was the immediate post-match beatdown to show how much these teams hate each other and we're heading into a balls count anywhere match. And it's just like, it's small stuff like that where it's like, you don't need a promo. It's just like, no, we're going to beat you here. We're going to beat you there. We're going to beat you anywhere. Well, you ruined my so good. Yeah. On the toy front with the cookie pan sheet. But then you regained. With a car muffler. (laughs) Yeah. You gave me back the segue with with the little things because we brought back the cleaner broom tonight. We have not seen that thing ages and there just might happen to be a Jazzwares action pack with a cleaner broom wrapped in barbed wire in it so it works both ways um, it's always nice when it actually gets stuck on their clothing so you know even though the barbs are a little gimmicked they're at least still there and are yeah 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 it's yeah right much. let's see uh, opening the show Ricky Starks starting a feud with sorry. You know what? I'm gonna let you host. You're the host. You're hosting today. You did the show notes. You're gonna you're gonna walk our audience through it. I need to shut the fuck up. 
funny. The crowd had the same expression for Chris Jericho during the <laughs> Ricky was very clever to point it out before he was about to be saved by none other than our local hero of the day, Action Andretti. Um, Jericho wasn't kidding when he said he wants to make Andretti a star. He pops up again later in the show, getting the fireball in the face, doing his promo, but Ricky's getting beat. <laughs> Which. Out. Holy shit, that was like really close to his eyes. That was that like was in his face. The best <laughs> fireball we've seen yet, and it was dangerously close to being the worst fireball we'll ever see. I know. The last fireball we'll ever see. <laughs> but yeah, open the show, Ricky cut his big promo, um, gave us jazz holes, which is just wonderful. Um, he also said stroke daddy on live TV which was like a thing that he couldn't do before. So it was like, we were really, what was it? Some, um, our buddy said they're really <laughs> playing games with the FCC here. Yeah. Finnish combat club. It's uh, <laughs> the Finnish combat club. It's, uh, he said stroke daddy. He got the, I'll give you the suck. I don't know if you have the appetite for it. We're, we're flirting with the oh. sensor ratings all night long. Um, oh, he was full attitude era tonight. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah. He might get a small caution from TK and the Max Caster. You got to approve this ship first going forward. But it made for some good TV and really heated up the um, I would love to see the interaction between Tony Khan and Rick Ross. That's all I'm saying. We'll talk about it later. But, like, oh my God. That might have been the last time we see Rick Ross on TV. I think that was definitely the last time we see Rick Ross. <laughs> On TV. Maybe Rampage because it's taped, but that's probably the last time in my appearance. No, I mean, from from what A Steel did, I'm just wondering who Rick Ross is going to be biting backstage after dropping an F-bomb on live TV. <laughs> I'm just saying. People better be looking out. So after, after that, we got the Bucks match, which we already covered. We get... Few more promo. Oh, packs. which really sorry, really quick before we move on. How refreshing is it that we have the Jericho Appreciation Society starting to feud with someone that's not the Blackpool Combat Club? Thank God. And not only and like, should I would have taken the Finnish Combat Club at this point. <laughs> we move both of them on. Yeah, so like there's no chance. Like <sighs> what a relief. Jericho Starks is going to be an awesome run. I'm assuming that that's what we're building to for Revolution, Probably, which means yeah. that we've got like three months to get there. So we might be a little tired of it by then, but I think the match itself, um, I mean, shit, if we're given Revolution predictions as of now, I think it has the potential to steal the show. So yeah, what do we have after the uh, trios match? Uh, we've got a few segments. I think we had... Uh... You know, I don't even remember what promos were there, but they happened and they were largely uneventful. Um, then we got to... just baby steps towards what's next. Yeah, pretty much. Then we got to Hook destroying the same jobber that Wardlow. Hook. His he, he's on the big show. He's he no longer just show. on Rampage. He is he's on, on the, the big show. show. And clearly feuding to something big against the firm wherever it ends up whether it's an ftw thing if it just turns into a bunch of tag matches since jungle boy got heated into the dumpster by big bill um got big bill ftw champion i can imagine ethan page ftw champion 
<laughs> you take the pencil away from TK after that. <laughs> What'd you say? So defending it on the toy vlogs. <laughs> Which Hook has been on one. He was on one. He almost bought a Snoop Dogg doll. And uh, Dante attracts looking for a bouncy ball. I can't make this up. That's really what happened. I mean, that tracks his per that, that tracks both of their personalities. Oh, to be absolutely. honest, poor, poor Dante. Did you collect anything? No, I'm just looking for a bouncy ball. You're you're <laughs> in like a, a vintage toy store. Oh, 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 a bouncy ball, right? They got a, yeah, they got a three hundred dollar bouncy ball behind the glass. Yeah. Charlie bought it along with his Desert Storm cards. <laughs> um, yeah, because Ethan Page did show up in some of these promos too. I'm losing track of where he showed up tonight, but he did. Um, yeah, dude, I, Ethan, like prominent player Ethan Page is so bizarre to me. It's so bizarre. I might like I don't know how I would book him. Honestly, that's why he probably wouldn't be on my roster. I would just be like, he's. I mean, him, he's really close to Ricky Starks as far as like the rock vibes that they're going for. So it's like he might he might need to reinvent himself sooner rather than later. Yeah, it was. Oh, right. It was during uh, Danielson's promo that Ethan came out because they're going to have their little angle <laughs> yeah. to, to, to MJF. But uh... well, we're, yeah, they're uh, having a match next week on the New Year's Bash. Yeah. Um, Forgot the name of the gig. So we've got we had Moxley and Darius in a kind of a blow up nothing match leading up to our three hundred thousand dollar trios casino battle royale thing on Friday. I was kind of disappointed in the match. Yeah, to be honest, was, I was uh, really zoned out on it. And these are these are the types of matches that I don't like when they're booked, where it's clearly like here's our a, a Styles Clash match and. Not even a Styles Clash, just like, you know the trios match is coming, we've literally announced it as part of the Battle Royale, so here's our tune-up for the night. It was the same That's as Moxley going through the inner circle to get to Jericho, and it was just like, I've, I've no investment in those things, and the match was not great, which did not help. Yeah, it looked like Darius was in sand. Like, there was a lot of stuff that he was going for, where it just like, he was very slow. Kind of like the opposite problem that I had with Darius, or sorry, with Dante a couple of weeks ago, where I'm like, he's going way too fast. He's doing way too much. Uh, it just, it, all, even all like the mannerisms of like how he moved around the ring, um, Darius was just a little slow tonight. So, yeah, I don't know. Not not the best showing, but I really dug the match. I mean, I it's interesting to me whenever Moxley and uh, Claudio started acting like real assholes. Like just the vibes that they were giving off were like like they're being assholes. So so I'm just saying the best thing we might not get it ever, or it might just get you know like glimpses of it every now and then. But dude, Blackpool Combat Club is heels is I'm fucking begging for it at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm ready to move on from this part. Yeah, next up we get uh, FTR against the Guns. The Guns coming out in their Masturbatory Bret Hart tribute attire. Uh, it's got a pop for me. Dude, I... 
am such a big fan of what the gun club by the way it really bothers me that gun is spelled with two n's and club is only spelled with one b it's just like be really obnoxious and call it the gun club but with two b's david for your um like it'll come when the time is right I'm telling you, uh, the Spring Breakers gimmick with the Ass Boys would be gold, gold. Um, I thought that um, Austin's selling in this match was comical. Um, it, dude, this was it, it was a really really fun match. Um, it, it they get the win over FTR by nefarious means, yeah. kind of setting up the story that like FTR can't really buy a win it's like what's going on oh, with us rematch losing streak which they were very careful to point out which doesn't sound like a lot but in protected aew land that's that's getting to be a big number it really is it's a big deal so i um i really enjoyed it um i saw some discourse online where people are were upset that ftr lost the match um and even people talking about how that's just like see there, there's no way that they're going to be around next year. They're not going to re-sign. They lost to the Ass Boys on TV. Get out of here. And I'm like, sorry, but like they're they're telling a story here. Like you guys, you guys are getting worked. Like that's just this has no how it is on them re-signing whether they won or lost this match. Back no. said a million no. times. Anything I say on Twitter is probably bullshit, so don't believe it. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I'm crazy fun match. The guns are improving every single time I see them. Like, yeah, they, shockingly, they shockingly. It's I, I'm very excited to keep watching them grow. They've been over the top on the acting thing for a while, and in a good way, where it's been getting attention. But they're in ring abilities are continuing to progress to the point where you can actually take them mm -hmm. as a team when they when they decide to make that run so i'm i was really happy with this match uh, saved me from the slightly disappointing mox uh martin match <laughs> uh, then which i will say um it it's totally my fault for not saying this sooner the san antonio crowd was amazing that's back-to-back -back weeks where the Texas crowds have really yeah. come through. And if I'm Tony Khan, I'm running down there more often because it's yeah. like it made the show so much better. Texas, And I really hope – yeah, I really hope it came across for everyone else too. I don't know if it's just for us since we're international, but yeah. quote-unquote international. I'm literally international. I'm, I'm TSN legit. Uh -huh. There's no, no VPN nonsense over here, but uh... – yeah, the crowd was fantastic tonight. Um, we got our little Book of Hobbs promo, our little Samoa Joe promo. Both good. And then we get to our Rick Ross segment. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. This so, okay, big, big picture thoughts before you get into it. I really like this segment because it felt like everything was going wrong and they just had to do it live. And there's something about that where it was like my heart broke for him, but it didn't ruin the segment because it did get us getting Rick Ross dropping a motherfucker on live television. <laughs> um, so that that alone, I was just like, I'm glad Swerve's music didn't play. I'm glad that the run-ins happened. It's like, like 
five seconds later than they should have. Um, I genuinely enjoyed this segment, but I can see why people were confused by it and didn't care for it. Oh my goodness. What'd you think? I mean, it was, it was an enjoyable train wreck. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong in this segment did, but in a very fun way. I mean, Rick Ross, I don't know what he's trying to say half the time. Like I did not understand the communication in a lot of this segment outside of something, something big motherfucker. (laughs) I got that part. All right. But, um, Parker Boudreaux has a lot of potential. Good God, we have to fix these goofy fucking facial expressions he does. It's like going for this weird warped psychopath thing, and he looks like the biggest geek on the planet doing them. Like he Yeah, we gotta we gotta get him deprogrammed. It is Paige Van Zant, Ronda Rousey cringe face where it's not like there's no part of it, I believe. But in the ring, he's continuing to, to progress. I don't know who the hell that other dude was with all the tattoos. Oh, the uh, the dude next to that's uh, that's Juggalo Jones of ICP you, fame. Yeah, it's uh, Juggalo Jones. What do you want? <laughs> I don't care what his real name is. It's not going to be better than that. No, for, for some people second. get some people get Tits Alexander. You get Juggalo Jones. I don't know Alexander joining this stable. I I would have popped for that. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna say it. I like the racial dynamic in this group a lot. <laughs> We've got two weird white dudes, like basically cronies for a black guy, instead of like two stereotypical like rough black guys being like the muscle for. Just like an, an evil white dude. Good job. So Good job. Old Mancer to be the true enforcer then. Oh my god, man. <laughs> dude. I I thought we were just gonna get like the trust busters. Like being I knew, I knew Parker was splitting from the trust busters, but they they kind of accidentally spoiled some things on pro wrestling tees on Parker's shop when they <laughs> uh, put the shirt on for sale with Swerve's like stable logo in that. And then I'm I dude I I might get the hoodie. What is it? It's uh Mogul Enterprises or something. Mogul affiliated. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, no, it looks cool. It's, it's a nice logo. Looks clean on a black hoodie. Oh, swerve running. Got my attention. Is a good thing. So yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't want to just like. Sorry, you're breaking up. Would you say? So I dug the cinder block spot at the end. That was that went well. That was sweet. So yeah, Keith Lee was lying on the stairs on the outside of the ring with a cinder block held to his chest, and Swerve jumps from the ring to the floor and breaks the quote unquote concrete block. And uh, it looked amazing. It looked vicious. Um, now we don't see Keith Lee for a minute, please. Like we need yeah, to put no, him no, on on ice for like be a month. A month. Yeah. Then we can huh? build towards revolution. Yeah, that's um, right off for sure. I don't want to just start fantasy booking random white dudes to be in this faction because uh, I don't want that to be the theme. But um, if Swerve were to have a young boy, 
Nick Wayne would fit pretty, pretty well. <laughs> a debuting Nick Wayne could do far worse and kind of do the Ricky Starks thing where he starts off as a heel. Uh, he's yeah. kind of just like a little shithead. And then like whenever he becomes a baby face, you're like, oh, he's a baby face. And all of us are just like, yeah, we told you so. It's, it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. I Again, I, I want to see another person in here, but yeah, it's a weird trio. Weird trio. We don't even know who the trio is. I still don't. Like, I've seen a lot of wrestling. I don't know who the hell that dude is. That's Juggalo Jones. <laughs> what do we got next? Got the main events. Dude, where does this rank for you for uh, women's matches in AEW? Best one. This is the best one? Yep. Crowd Wasn't for the crowd, I'd still go with Hater Storm, but crowd helped. I was going to say, I think... Yeah, I love this. Like, we're, we're fans of both of these women. Um, I thought it was really smart by Tony Khan to give them the main event. Because um, I think it serves two different masters with that. One, people who are wanting more women's spotlight... You get a main event. Well, I mean, you're the guy. You love women's wrestling. You think this is their best match they've done in the company's history. We also know that historically, women's matches lose viewers no matter how big. Um, for the most part, there's exceptions. I think this might be the exception. Uh, one of them. Also an exception. All right. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apparently... The only time women can main event is when we're in San Antonio. Uh, thankfully, we didn't get Thunder Rosa. Oh, that, um, was, that was the cherry on top for it for me. That also helped push it to the best <laughs> match ever. I didn't have to see Thunder Rosa as the run-ins. I, I'm not going to lie. If she ran in at the end to help save the day and she's back and she wants to face for the title... There's a version of that that works for me that I would be excited to see her back. I know you're anti-Rosa at this point. I'm still holding on to some of the magic that we both felt with her. Um, yeah, match itself, I I loved it, but uh, it sounds like you loved it a little bit more than me, so I'm going to let you have the floor. Yeah, I think the things that really stood out on this one were Sheeta started striking stiffer, not, not as stiff as I've seen her sometimes. You know, I'm not going to say it was... 100% Japan Sheeta. Her jersey stuff is like another level. Yeah, like it, it wasn't, but compared to her previous AEW stuff, this was noticeably a level above on, on the stiffness charts. So I really appreciated appreciated that. I liked, I loved the pacing of the match. You know, I'm looking at yes. 16 minutes. Yes. And it, was, it was paced like they, I mean, they both do know exactly what they're doing. They know how to work a 15 minute plus match and that's why they got that opportunity but they they paced it perfect i yeah all the little things that that make me buy into it got me going on this again it was this is similar to the elite and death triangle where it was a foregone conclusion jamie hater was winning compared to what was a huge surprise of her winning the title over tony storm that i did not expect um but they still did a really good job of actually drawing me into it and seeing how how we got to that point so yeah the crowd definitely raised it to another level um i mean nothing's gonna talk oh, like yeah. my, my favorite moment is still jamie hater like winning the title that's not getting replaced but 
Yeah, this match made me very, 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 very happy. It's close. It's close. Yeah, I I absolutely love this. And it was exactly the match that it needed to be. And I hope everyone in the back was watching and knows that that's what we expect uh, out of yeah. the women's division. And that's uh, what um, proven they can deliver. So some of you better step the fuck up and deliver it too. Because most there, of you there are better other, step up. There are plenty of women that can wrestle that quality of a match that aren't in AEW right now. So they fucking show up. I have the feeling, especially, I mean, it seems like a lock that Sasha Banks is going to be all elite sooner rather than later. I'd go as high as 90% now. Very, like very rarely, you know, it's probably going to be her home in the U.S., but she's going to be working New Japan in the States and over in Japan. The spotlight is going to be on Joshi. Sasha Banks makes the transition over, similar to how whenever Chris Jericho went to Wrestle Kingdom, to um oh who was his first opponent anyway uh kenny um that got a bunch of like not mainstream attention but like larger wrestling world attention i don't think it's a one-to-one but i think similarly Joshi's going to be pretty highlighted pretty regularly AEW needs to step their game up you don't want to fall behind yeah yeah i think uh I think you're right about the extra Joshi influence that's going to show up with with Sasha inevitably being all elite. And it actually reminds me of very, very early on in AEW's history, like pre-Dynamite history, when they did, you know, they did the two matches at Double or Nothing. They did, like, was it Mm. I Love Brit, Awesome Kong, and Smiley Kylie. And then they did, like, a Mm -hmm. six-Joshi tag with Sheeta and Yuka and Riho and some other and Sakura and that. Um, there was a comment after that and after one of whether it was Fight for the Fallen or Fighter Fest, whatever one it was, where they did a dark mat. The one where uh, B like Brick got knocked the fuck out by B Priestley and got that concussion. Um, I think oh yeah, Fight for the Fallen. But somewhere around that time, I remember someone asking Tony about like the amount of Japanese women that were being featured. And he said, like, you know, one of the things I want to do is bring Joshi wrestling to the States. And I really believe in Joshi wrestling. And we saw it take a huge step back because a lot of the crowd on the viewership just wasn't, wasn't having it for whatever reason, whether it's a language barrier or just the women he brought over being like Riho and Yuka size, whatever, whatever the case was and what then COVID hit, you know, a million reasons why it didn't stick, but between Jamie and Tony and then Sasha, I think that's that's enough to help bridge the gap and start getting more and more Tokyo Joshi Pro and start influence influencing AEW. It does mm-hmm. mean people like your Red Velvets and your Layla Hirsch's are probably going to be phased out and not featured at all, really. But it will be a benefit. Which for- is a great thing benefit for the women's division as a whole because the quality on the show is going to should go through the roof if you can start bringing oh you don't even need to i mean it's great if you get the julias and the Sayuris and the mayo iwatanis but even if you get like the azumis and the starlight kids and those ones over the caliber starlight kid dude like starlight kid would be amazing 
you can take the worst person on Tokyo Joshi Pro or Stardom, and they will still oh. uh, almost the worst, almost. But like you yeah. know what I mean, right? Like the worst of the the reasonable no, I, programs. Your point comes across. Yeah, it's going to be a high quality match. So. I think it would be a good thing. I'm going to make a little note uh, for the January 11th episode uh, once Sasha debuts. um, I think it would be a good thing to do the history of the AEW women's division and why we think it failed up until this point and still continues to flounder despite amazing matches. (laughs) Amazing matches and enough people that there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. You don't need they have the depth. They had, they do. I assume Serena I mean, right now, um, just as an aside, like we haven't seen her in a while. I think she's got to be hurt, but possibly, or it's just one of those things where it's just like you're you're on holiday. Um, there's there's no any like dark matches or anything because I'm sure she does some backstage stuff coaching as well. So you know, but whatever it is, she'll be back when the time's right. Right. So, do uh, you want to keep on talking women's wrestling? Let's do it. we got a few things going on in the women's wrestling market. Um, first things first, um, I checked out the title match for the NXT women's title. Um, Roxy, now known as Roxanne Perez, which honestly not a bad name. Like They've done a lot worse with. I like it better than Roxy, to be honest. Honestly, Roxy's not a great name. It's um, Rock yeah. Dash C, yeah. for those who don't know. Yeah, so Roxy Roxanne won the uh, won the NXT Women's Title over Mandy Rose right before Mandy, or potentially after Mandy got fired. I don't know how the continuity order happened there, but uh, it sucked. It was Roxy. Did it? Roxy didn't look good. Um, her finisher, sweet name calling it Pop Rocks because she's just like bubbly do-gooder, sick name, but it, it's a code red. Um, we were raving recently, or I was raving recently about how sick uh, code blue looked when Sky Blue did it. Um, this was <laughs> not that. This was a train wreck. It was a sunset roll into a pin. Um, Oof! Oh. <laughs> Yeah, like so how much of that's how much of that's Mandy Rose though? I, I mean, kind of fifty-fifty, I think, right? Like Mandy's responsible for jumping, but like at the same time, Roxy has to jump first to initiate it, right? Like Roxy gets into the mm-hmm. position, she has to take off, and then Mandy has to take off after, and neither of them contributed. It was just it was ugly. Um, but it did lead to the bigger question. Did TK make the right call not going after Roxanne? Or did he even get a choice? I don't know. But I think this is going to go into a little bit of a, a thing that we're... This is probably just going to roll us into our next mm-hmm. topic I, that we I, wanted I to get to. Yep. Tony Khan did the right thing in not signing her because she's not ready. Mm-hmm. I look at women on the indies right now. There are very, very few that I don't want to say deserve to be signed because that sounds really harsh, but AEW has spent like what four years trying to develop women, which they still need to do to keep the division healthy. But it's like, 
come on, they don't need another project right now. Like they really don't. And unfortunately that's what she would be. I think she's solid. I've, I've seen her have, I think maybe like two, I think twice I've seen her have a match where I was just like, there's something there. There's something very special. Um, and I just think the fact that wrestling as a whole on the independence and just in the world outside of, you know, the major players is dog shit. I think it's really bad. And I think the people who are good seem like superstars on the indies because they're decent. Um, there's, there's really a small talent pool. And just because there's a small talent pool doesn't mean that they deserve to be signed by what someone's, if you're trying to build the best women's division in the world, you don't need Roxy. Not right now. Not right now. Let's, this has been... this is The memo from day one is this is a merit-based company. You earn your spot. That goes if you have buzzed, you get brought in. That, that means you have the opportunity to succeed, but that also means you have the responsibility that you can fail. And that's, like, that's a part of the game. There's nothing callous or harsh about that. That's part of the way the way that goes you have an equal opportunity to succeed where you don't have to necessarily know the right person you have to be good at what you're doing and if you're not you're gonna have trouble um i think yeah looking back i mean roxy's match with miranda alize for like the the women of honor title was was really good and that felt like something that clued me in like hey yeah there's something real here but yeah. nope she's not ready and that leads into the second person who did uh, did the dark tapings at Universal or whatever? It's Universal where they tape it, right? I'm not crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Universal, they did the dark tapings, and Billy Starks went and did double duty there, doing two matches. Um, spoiler alert for the next five seconds, if you don't want to know. Um, blah blah. She lost both of them. One was against Britt Baker. I've actually forgotten who the second was, but it was another like regular roster member. So they were both like. They were both real people. Tryouts. Yep, 100% trial matches. Um, Britt got busted open. Blank pause. On purpose? No, not on purpose. Hard way. Um, clearly, she's fine. She was there tonight. But yeah, she got busted open the hard way from what I've been told um, or what I've read. But yeah, Billy did did two dark matches. Um, one for each session. She turned 18 the exact same time. That was, I believe, the day before or after her 18th birthday. I would assume after for contract reasons. <laughs> Legally. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume after for contra- for legal reasons, but she is 18 now. She is also booked in Court Bowers House of Horrors, also known as Major League Wrestling. She has an appearance booked there for January. I don't know what her goals are. I don't know where she wants to end up. NXT would probably put a put a number in front of her fairly quickly just to get her off the table. Is it a good thing if she ends up full, like already AEW bound? I don't think it is. No, I'd say no for the same exact reasons. I mean, she was in my worst match of 2022. Her versus uh uh shaza mckenzie was oh, one of the worst God. things and then they someone who fucking ran it back someone else ran it back and I, I think it was west coast west coast put them both back in the ring and i'm like what are you doing uh um yeah dude i i'm not the biggest fan of billy starks um i saw her in person during the pandemic 
you know, she's underage. Like she's 16. She's going up against like some like Haas dude. And I'm like, I come on. I don't need to see like simulated domestic violence, which is what it felt like. I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm not trying to make a joke. I was just like, this is fucking rough. Like, that's not what I want in wrestling. And I think, unfortunately, Candice LeRae paved the way for a lot of women to get the shit kicked out of them in the indies. Oh, come on. You can laugh. Come on. It's not fair that I silently laugh. The viewers think I'm just going on a rant. Fuck you. Laugh louder. I did laugh. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't think that she's ready. I don't think she's ready. Um, honestly, I would have signed Roxy before I would have signed Billy Starks. And if I do sign Billy Starks, it's like fucking per appearance. Like we still have Sky Blue. Can we not have another project until Sky Blue can have like a two and a half star match? And Sky Blue's been progressing reasonably well, all things. She's just fine, been. but she's she's like, fine. I'm not, I'm not upset with her progress at all, but. I get what you're saying. It's there's this division is like 50 50 between people who are ready made, ready, like they can have the match we had tonight, and people who can barely handle four minutes on TV and very little in between. No, and it's just like as soon as someone becomes like serviceable, that doesn't mean like, okay, let's go grab another person who needs training wheels for the next year. Like, again, this is a company that doesn't do house shows yet. Uh, that's likely going to happen in 2023. But like, dude, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, what are we, what are we doing? So this is, this is a thing that's come up in my other community growing up, like in the, in the track community, locally, at least when I was around like kind of 14, 15, 16, you know, some of those big developmental years where you need to spend time developing there were a couple of older coaches that were dead set on finding like the next big thing because they were living vicariously through being able to coach an Olympian. And that was like the only way their life would have meaning. And right. they started more or less like pulling people up way before they were ready to get them to train with, with all the university people. And every single one of those people burnt out and faded away into obscurity. And the ones who stuck with, you know, with their peers and grinded it out and developed appropriately wound up being the big play. And we've had some major people come out of our small, small province of like a million people. We have, you know, recently we had an Olympic silver medalist in the heptathlon come from Humboldt, Saskatchewan, famous for the bus driver who drove through the stop sign and killed a bus full of people. Like, Jeez. small town of yeah, that, that actually made it all the way to a German rap song I was listening to recently, which is another story for what another day. Uh, anyways. <laughs> like, that was no, you can't just anyways that. What the fuck? You listen to German hip-hop? Like, what? what? German music. No, I took I took some German in university, and I, I still try and keep up with the best I can, so I do listen to quite a bit of German music. And, I, I mean, I'm not German. Thank you for explaining it. Yeah, no, like okay, no, that's not fair. Because I wasn't judging you, it it was just oh, like I, what the f you have to like preface that. Yeah, yeah, I, I speak I speak a decent amount of German. I've tried my best to keep up with it, and I've been picking up my uh, somewhat I don't want to say shameful, but 
you know, hush-hush Serbian heritage because Serbia is not exactly great on the world theater stage for doing great things for humanity. <laughs> not this. It's not a hard ha- thing to put on the resume. It is a hard thing to put on the resume, but I've been slowly learning Serbian as well since, you know, Grandpa did at least fight on the correct side of the war in that war because they were against the Nazis. Not to bold there because there ain't a lot else they've been on the right side of history on. That might be the one thing. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I heard it mentioned in this like German hip hop song, and I was like, "Oh shit, humble." He's talking about the crash. Um, <laughs> but we had Olympic silver silver medals come from there, and it's the the writing is clear. You have to develop, and you have to go through those stages of development to hit hit the really big end goal. And the unfortunate byproduct we get of this WWE AEW signing war is. There are going to be some people who have a lot of potential, not necessarily Billy or Roxy, but just people in general who have a ton of potential who are going to get screwed because of that, because they're going to be signed way before they're ready, pushed into situations they're not prepared for, and burn out and turn into nothing. There's a reason not everybody goes to the NHL. Private party? Yeah, there's a reason not everybody goes to NHL or MLB, like the big leagues right off the bat. MLB, you go down to even single A. Like, you got to work your way up, and that. Multiple single A levels. Fucking reason. I'm going to drop this before we move to our next topic. Um, the type of quote unquote prospect that AEW needs to be signing is Masha Slamovich. That that is the level of quote unquote prospect yeah. Yeah. that they need to sign. Um, some might take that as a slam against her, but I'm like, dude, she's like, she's a couple of years away from being like a really great wrestler. It just takes time. It takes reps. Uh, she signed to impact right now, I think. Um, and she works all the indies. She just needs to get her reps in. Um, I think it would be detrimental to her development if she signed somewhere now. Um, speaking of, women doing things that are detrimental to their career uh let's talk about Lacey evans i'm gonna let you take this one um i mean there's it i mean Lacey hasn't Lacey evans does Lacey evans shit that's really what this comes down to yeah on the one hand it's like why is this news this is the uh the sports net highlight of the night clip throwback of they (laughs) are who we thought we were we had them we let them off the hook like, we already knew this about Lacey Evans, but she, she shared this little video from some conspiracy news site about... Like, in the in the QAnon realm of things, like, yes, really fucking, yes. like, anti-vaccine, well, that's what we're dealing with. Words realm of the world, um, about ADHD and autism, and the increase in prevalence or existence period because of processed foods. So vaxxers rejoice. Vaccines no longer cause autism. We can let that one go. It's now processed foods that are the villain. Holy fuck. Um, Needless to say, she got lit the fuck up for it because what a dumb thing to, to talk about. Doubled down and was like, I was sharing a video. Did you read the thing? It's saying the processed foods have led to an increase in it. Holy fuck. I am out of words. But it's also not news that she's a moron. So why are we surprised? Yeah, I mean, it's... uh, 
I don't know. I don't have much to touch on besides just like there are certain wrestlers that I follow and there are certain, you know, people that cover wrestling that I follow and I don't follow everybody. I weed out the fucking mouth breathers. Um, yeah, dude, she's, does she even wrestle anymore? Um, she has not been factored into Papa Heitch's, uh, <laughs> creative plans at this time. <laughs> So she is still employed. I wouldn't say she wrestles. I was going to make a triple Q joke, but um, <laughs> yeah, I back on there. So Bobby Fish and Drake Wirtz for control your narrative tag team champions. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm I'm ready to move on. If you are, uh, let's see what do we got next. Oh, another fucking crazy. <laughs> wrestling news is on one this week no so okay let me I, i'm gonna let you unpack this but tell me if i've got this story right okay matthew riddle cheated on his wife constantly got caught and got yep. divorced yep started dating a porn star yep he cheated on her yep. with another adult film person model person probably yeah and people and people are acting shocked i need you to explain why this is news and why it was all over my feed okay because i'm just like it's it's matt riddle being matt riddle like what are you so i mean good for him for not just having like allegations out against him like i feel like anytime i read matt riddle it was just like he's a good wrestler or he's a piece of shit who needs to die hold my non-alcoholic beer because hold tight on the allegations front um i don't are you serious yeah so when you mentioned that he was dating an adult actress um he's dated someone else who i believe was also an adult actress who has been making allegations against him for a good period of time now and those have started coming up again now that this situation has happened I forgot the Twitter or Instagram, but she's out there. And it's like, <laughs> I just did the bro. <laughs> I totally didn't mean to do to that. Find. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Candy Cartwright was not the only one alleging anything against uh, Matthew Riddle, which, as a side note, also made me think of the time Velveteen Dream called him Matthew Riddle, and videos of Velveteen Dream's arrest came out recently, and he was coked out of his Are mind. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, a- I, don't, I don't doubt that. He got arrested at a gym for biting somebody, and it's you know what I'm not going to spoil it. It's on TMZ, and biting is the theme of the year. Cool, dude. Full credit to those police officers for just letting him shout for like 20 minutes straight in a cop car. You fucked up. You didn't read me my Miranda rights. You didn't read me my Miranda rights. Like that that cop deserves a beer after putting up with that. Holy shit, was it funny? But like in a tragic way. Um, anyway, so, yeah, cheated on this porn star after his wife and her four kids left his dumb ass. The reason Jeez. it's popping up in your newsfeed is because he also got sent to rehab because he failed their wellness test. Oh. And they don't test for weed anymore. Oh. Yeah, he got beat down on Raw or SmackDown or whatever it was to get written off for at least six weeks so he could go to rehab for his drug addiction problem. That's why this is all popping on your feed. So while I am getting uh, alerts 
for incoming snow. Uh, Matt Riddle, something, something, did coke. (laughs) It's always snowing in Philadelphia. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm really good at jokes. Um, yeah, dude, that is that is fucking wild. What a cool dude. That's really funny though, because as you were reading all that out, I was like, bruh. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized that that's his whole shtick. Um. I wonder what kind of like flip flops he's gonna have to wear in in prison. Um, next topic. It's <laughs> part of the generic package, as far as I'm aware. I've never been, but I've heard. Yeah, but but I mean, like, is he gonna have slides? Or are they gonna be tongs? Like, I don't know what the what the deal is. Slides would be cheaper from a production perspective. Like one less slip to make. Put a strap. I think. On the top. I don't know. Um, let's see before we wrap up, you want to talk a little, I mean, it dark was newsworthy this week. Uh, you want to touch on that and then we'll run down the card real quick for Russell kingdom. Yeah. So dark, I don't know who killed Kenny, but he killed wrestling again. Um, we might remember early pandemic where are people really saying that he killed wrestling again. I know. Or is that like a funny, yeah, it's, it's a meme joke. Dude. I see. That's the thing. I, can't tell. You could tell me that that's like a real yes. opinion. And I mean, it might be a real opinion. I haven't looked that deep, but it certainly was a real opinion when Alan Angels kicked out of a V trigger and Kenny gave him six minutes. So this time Kenny gave 10 plus to Hagane Shino, or Shino, um, one of Emi Sakura's buddies from like Choco Pro Land. Um, and they had a banger of a dark match, which was a super big treat for the Orlando crowd at like the Universal tapings. They weren't expecting to get a Kenny Omega match. Are you kidding? Like, what a nice thing to do for the crowd that keeps showing out for these half garbagey dark tapings. We give them a real Kenny Omega match. Like, I know that's awesome. So that was that was the newsworthy part of Dark this week is that Kenny had his first match in like two years on it, and it was it was a really fun Dark match. He led into some heelish stuff that hinted how his frustrations have boiled over in the trio's best of seven series. So there was definitely character development <laughs> and, and his frustrations about Will Ospreay. And he yelled, you're not Osprey. And he also yelled out, you're not, yeah. I believe it's the first time Coda has been actively mentioned in AEW. So. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Hagane Shino's uh, ring attire. Oh God! It is Master Watto bad. <laughs> um, that said, I thought the match was fine. Yeah, it was cool that the match went ten minutes, but like five of it was outside of the ring. It felt like. I mean, this, this um, wasn't Alan Angels. This wasn't that match. <laughs> I I really enjoyed the Alan Angels match. Like that's that's what I want in like squash matches. Yes, it was People are out to fucking lunch, dude. Um. I really liked the match. I don't think it was as good as people were hyping it up to be. Oh, but God. the the like I wouldn't honestly. I don't even want to rate this one because I'm like, eh, it's like a fucking. I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, it was a cool um, treat. Like that's what it was. Right. Yeah. Like it was a thing where you know the crowd, like you said, they were so like, oh my God, oh, Kenny's, here. Kenny's here! Like all twelve of them yeah. were freaking out. Um, they bought into everything he was doing. They were like. They at one point, like Kenny got them to actually like cheer for Shino, which was cool. Uh, like to start the match too, which is like that that was a huge flex for him. 
Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. And honestly, I if if every single dark led off with a match that's like that, where like a big name, like had a match against someone that they won a spotlight, um, I think that would be really cool. And if like, so if that's just the running thing with dark, where it's like, okay, Tony Khan went to this star, quote unquote, and said, hey, you're a big name. Who's someone you want to work with? That's like mm-hmm. an enhancement talent like a job or whatever you want to call them. They pick their opponent and they get to plan out the match. And it's a little 10 minute thing for YouTube. That's sick. I will watch that every single week. I think that that's really fun. Um, But yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. I just, I'm so glad to see Kenny Omega wrestle. It would have been such a bummer if like he was still injured and we didn't know if he was actually going to come back or not. March 14th, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I cannot wait. <laughs> to see Kenny Omega win the AEW title from MJF on Dynamite? Oh, I just Kenny and the Bucks. I'm, I've never been able to see them live. I am. Are you serious? That's the thing. This is going to be a first time for me, so I'm pretty... I was going to say, they're old hat for me at this point, and I still love it. Um, All right. So, speaking of old hat, but I still love it, uh, let's get to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, we have the full card out. So we've got two pre-show matches. We've got, like, the yearly kind of King of Pro Wrestling thing, whatever it's going to be. Um, I don't even really know how it works anymore because I haven't been keeping up with lower tier new uh, So. KOPW is like it's a joke title. Um, it's and real like DDT shit. What? It's basically an FTW title. Uh, no, it, it it's kind of more of like it's just a gimmicky thing. So like whoever whoever holds the title makes up the rules for the title. Uh, what was the thing? Pro- uh, Progress did this. I think progress did some dope shit with their titles. Like I love the title design. They did the Atlas title, which was like for super heavyweights. And then they did the Proteus title, which is a really cool, like Greek name. Uh, Whereas basically like chef's choice, whatever the champion wants, that's the kind of match that it'll be. Um, I just mean like that Okada made it because he didn't like, he wasn't going after the big ones who designed his own thing. That's the similarity of drawing to Taz, is the creation of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was going to say, I was just like, I don't know how many uh, yeah. FTW matches that I've seen where... No, uh, just the origin story. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, just, I can't think of too many f- funny FTW matches. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's start at the top of the card. How do you feel right now about Jay White versus Okada? How excited are you? One out of ten. You still there? Yeah. I'm still here. You you blanked out for a moment. (laughs) But yeah. So one out of ten. Jay White and Okada. Five. That's exactly where I'm at. No, it's fine. I hate Jay White as champion. It sucks. It sucks. 
Um, I'm on year two of just like not giving a shit about New Japan, and Jay White is not helping me out here. I mean, it'll be cool to see Okada win the title again, and like <laughs> money's falling from the ceiling. Okada has the title; all is right in the world. It'll it'll feel cool. But yeah, I'm I'm done with Jay White. Is that? I assume that's where you're at too with it. I'm not done with Jay White. I'm done with Jay White versus Okada. I think I'm done with Jay White in New Japan. Let me specify. I think I'm done with Jay White in New Japan. I mean, I, I would see, like to see him go elsewhere. Yeah, it could be time for him to move on now. I don't know what his actual real contract status is. I, but. <laughs> I don't know. He's signed for another nine years. Who knows? Right. Um, yeah, so that is what it is. And you want to talk about the real Which, event. really quick, brings me to a quote that Booker T said that really pissed me off. He said something about Lacey Evans where he said her agent was really dumb oh, for Mandy, telling the Mandy public. Rose. Yes. He said, Mandy Rose's agent is really stupid for telling the public how much she makes. Motherfucker. If the public knew how much you made and everyone knew how much each other make, you have more bargaining power. Like raising water lifts all ships. Dumb motherfucker. Man, I hate Booker T. I mean, anyway. What kind of a name is Booker T for a champion? You can't sell that. On to the real main event. Will I was going to make a Booker T Washington joke. Let's just move on. Yeah. Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's making the United States title look huge again. Yeah, call me hype 10 for this one. <laughs> yes, this is 10 out of 10. Oh. Match of the year, dude. Yep. We're we're back. We're back to the part where we have the match of the year on January 4th. I thought we were gonna have that this year. I mean, uh, we almost with... did. Okada Osprey was yeah, but then but then a different Okada Osprey match took the top spot for me. Uh spoilers, spoilers. Um but yeah, I am so hyped for this. This is had this has been a dream match since young uh Will Ospreay was a young lion. So or wait, was he ever a young lion or was he an import? He was an import. Import. So basically since he showed up on the scene. So yeah. we're talking like six years in the making. Uh if my math works out right. Yeah, about six years. Um this is insane. Like you said, I'm 10 out of 10. I fully expect this to be like, you know, all the stars. Um, and if you hate it, I don't think we can talk wrestling, to be honest. Like, this is the shit that rules. We are in a golden time. This is this is a brand new golden era that we are in. People will look back at just being like this current era and being like, oh, my God. Oh, Dynamite was this good every week. The exceptional episodes were that great. Taking it for granted. Mm-hmm. Taking it for granted. Um, next up, we've got the IWGP junior heavyweight title. Um, I almost said Taijiri. Um, Taji Ishimori defends against Hiromu Takahashi, El Desperado, and Master Wado in a match I do not care about at all. I guess give it to Despi. Um, we're gonna get a Master Wado upset, but I don't give a shit no matter what. So, whatever. fucking cool. Anyone but Taiji Ishimori. 
Like I he's had that title forever. Um I mean I like I like El Desperado. I like Ishimori, but he's he's at that point now in his career where he was like, so I don't have to just kill it all the time. I can just kind of like take the foot off the gas and I can still be like the dude. Okay, cool. Um, and Master Wado is in this match. Uh, one out of ten. Where are you at for the four way, the square match, if you will? Two and a half, three. <laughs> right. Um. Next up, we've got Mudo, Tanahashi, and Shota Umino versus Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Uh, we are back to one night of Wrestle Kingdom, and so it's everybody. We've got to just cram in there. Um, really interesting team, and I don't think it's an accident where you've got like Mudo's last New Japan match, and he's in the ring with Tanahashi and Umino. Spoilers, Umino is probably the guy who's going to be beating Okada for the title to establish him as a main eventer immediately in the same way that Okada was like i this is a huge spot for shooter and then fucking los and gober no place which i'm not like the biggest fan of it's no i don't know it's fucking sonata and bushi what do you want what do you want from me like naito's awesome yeah i get it but like some of you guys are oof so one out of five t-shirts. One out of five bushy t-shirts. How uh, how excited are you for this match? Um, for the match, I'll go two bushy t-shirts. But for the pairing of Kaiji Tanahashi and Umino, I'll go five bushy t-shirts. Just put them against someone else, please. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, <laughs> unlike the never open weight title. <laughs> Carl Anderson defends five stars against Tomatonga. What the fuck is this card? Do you see what I mean? Where I'm just like New Japan is a dumpster fire. It's like we have like two matches that could hit five stars in the main event, and then the rest of this, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, there's, is this... there's still a couple more matches on here that are going to be pretty fun. Well, yeah, but like, but no, I get what you mean. This isn't one of them. I gotta watch Carl Anderson versus Tomatonga oh, at like God. three in the morning. Fucking kidding me. That might be my nap break. Forget about a snack break. It might start my break from New Japan again. I might make it up to that point in the card. Let's look at the positive side of this. It doesn't include Doc Gallows. <laughs> it might. On paper, at least. You're telling me <laughs> you're telling me that in Carl Anderson's final payday from New Japan, he's not also going to try to get Doc Gallows a New Japan payday. Gallows is gonna make like fucking 15 grand to fly over to Japan. What fuck are we doing? Um Tomatonga wins. <laughs> Minus better. four stars. Um, yeah, here's here's another one I'm interested in yeah. for the uh, determine the first ever world TV champion. Ren Narita will beat Zack Saber Jr. Um, this is 
has to be a launching point for Rin Arita. If it's not, I'm so fucking confused with what we're doing here. Um, I liked everything I've seen from him. Again, I think we're on the precipice of Young Lions taking the next step up, which is why I'm kind of interested in New Japan in 2023, just to see where we go. But uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Also, really puzzled. Like, why did Fredericks leave? He got fired. Oh, okay. So, okay. I'm missing the way. The way I understood it was. He wanted into the G1. They didn't want to put him in the G1. He thought it would be a good idea to go on Twitter and just start talking shit. And then the front office. I, I'm, I'm guessing this wasn't just a one strike offense. I'm sure there was a lot leading up to it. They just didn't renew him. They were like, fine, go go away. And uh, he's, he's really toiling right now. Um let's see so yeah i mean i'm shocked that he hasn't shown up elsewhere but i think it was a real attitude thing so who knows uh, um he probably is pretty cancerous to touch right now as far as promotion goes well no segue i got nothing for you ftr defends the iwgp tag team titles against goto and yoshi hashi Yoshihashi versus Dax. Let's go. How the fuck is this the match you make? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm assuming that FTR keep the titles here. Because the fact that we're not, we're not doing them versus Aussie Open is fucking weird. And I think they're heading into a storyline where they start dropping titles and they don't, they're trying to, you know, get their groove back. It would make sense for them to drop their titles here, but like, I don't know, fucking Goto and Yoshihashi as tag team champions doesn't really light the world on fire. So I, I don't know. This is kind of a dud for me. Goto's going to kill it. Yeah. Um, FTR is always great. Um, some might even say they're the tag team of the year talking about yoshihashi and goto um let's see <laughs> next up um probably this is i would say my second most anticipated match on the show we've got the iwgp women's title Kyrie defends against nakano I think that this is going to be a banger. It's already kind of been spoiled for us that Sasha Banks is going to be showing up. She's in Japan right now. Already. Um, it, I, I wish that we didn't know any of this. That All way right. it could have been a surprise because it really does take away from the match. And I think people are going to be looking past the match itself already, which is a fucking crime. And if I'm those women, I would be a little upset about it. Um. Again, I mean, fucking January 4th, and we might have women's match of the year. Yeah, that's that's obviously going to be one of the highlights for me. I don't think that's a big surprise or breaking any new ground there. Um, well, I mean, shit, dude, if I'm, a, if I'm, if it's my second most anticipated, like, I would expect you to be through the roof. Junior, you want to move on or you want to touch? 
Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, we know Sasha's coming. There's going to be a ton to unpack there, but it, it is what it is right now. We know what's happening, and it's just kind of a wait-and-see moment for... Last thing I want to say before we move on, if you're not a fan of Joshi wrestling or like even just aware of kind of like what Japanese women's wrestling is like, this now is a really good time to get in because I think similar to how the Bullet Club bros started showing up whenever like they were popping off and then everyone started wearing Bullet Club shirts. I don't think it's going to be quite the phenomenon that Bullet Club was. It's going to be similar to Joshi where I think you're going to see a lot more Joshi on like match of the year lists. I think you're going to see more online discourse about it. And rightfully so. It fucking oh, yeah. rules. I mean, Julia and Siri have had borderline match of the year, like twice in a row. Now they put on absolute fucking bangers. Like there's, I would listen to an argument for it, especially yeah. last year's. Yeah. There's, there's some incredible wrestling that goes on there. And I'm excited for it to start bridging, bridging some gaps and breaking some ground and, non-Japanese markets. Uh, so we got junior heavyweight tag titles. Uh, Francesco Akira and TJP of United Empire defending against Leo Rush and Yo. Listen. Catch 2-2 is like one of the coolest tag teams. <laughs> Max Caster Leo Rush would be a weird fucking tag team. <laughs> Caster's like, yo, listen! And then Leo Rush is just like, the world's ran by lizard people. The Illuminati will kill you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> catch two two. Uh, Redhead Akira and TJP are a fucking sick tag team. Um, I wish that they were going up against a different junior team because I don't give a shit about Yo and Leo Rush. Um, will the match be cool? Yep. Well, I forget oh, yeah. about it immediately Akira after. Leo, we're gonna have some really fun moments, but. I'm going to, we're going to be doing a prediction show probably next week. Spoilers, everybody. Uh, um, we might as well jump on that gravy boat. Um, I think this tag team, TJP and Akira, if you want to sound really smart in 2023 and people are like, well, who's the best tag team of the year? And, you know, people are over here yelling about FTR and Young Bucks. They're like, dude, catch, catch two twos, sneaky. One of the best tag teams in the world. Um, you could also throw Aussie Open in there, but dude, um, these guys are really special. Akira's had a fucking awesome debut year. Um, yeah, not much more I can say about this. I mean, man, I would rather do like we can't do Yo and Rocky. I feel like that would be a much more fun match. I'm just not a big Leo Rush guy. Uh, it's hard to get excited for him. Uh, what do we got after that? Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot here for me. So there's the Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag. It's going to be a nice moment for the winners. Um I wonder if this is going to be a yearly thing. I would assume so. I think that'd be a fair guess, yeah. And then we've got the KOPW New Japan Rambo. Um, my other notes on this, I'm assuming it's cool with you if we move forward. Yeah. I have nothing to say about those opening oh. matches. Um, 
Bolton Oleg. Oiwa. Yeah. That's the only thing I have to say. Bolton Oleg is an awesome name. It's interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with the spotlight. Uh, hopefully it's not just a bunch of takedowns and single leg Boston crabs. Um, I'm still upset about Aussie Open not being on the show. It's fucking weird that Jeff Cobb and uh, uh, Great O'Con are on here. I'm assuming that they're in the Rambo. Um, there, there's just a lot of stuff on here that I do not like, and. I'm going to go as far as to say I'm not going to be subscribing to New Japan World. I'm probably going to be sailing the high seas for this one. Um, there's there's nothing New Japan's been offering me that I want to pay the money for. New Japan Strong is like fine, but I bailed on that forever ago because I just I just don't have time. Yep. Um, it wasn't bad. It's just I don't have all the time. I wish I did. I wish I wish that I I, I could. Uh, but you got to cut where you can cut and new Japan's pretty fucking easy to cut. I'm really curious to see, um, which we can probably talk more about this down the road. The indication that I had from the press conference that no one fucking followed up on this, which is still upsetting to me. Tony Khan mentioned involvement with new Japan. Uh, uh was it, uh, yeah, New Japan Strong, like New Japan USA, their their touring brand. Um, so if ROH New Japan Strong kind of becomes like a, a combination deal, and Tony Khan kind of just takes that over, I think we could be dealing with something really special. Uh, Fred Rosser having a world championship, you know, build up could be something like a really awesome story. I think there's some cool stuff with that roster. I mean, TMDK, like, let's fucking go. I love those dudes. Um, all of that said, like, I don't know what's next for them. I think their roster is bloated, yet really shallow at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's like the the quality just isn't there. They have the bodies, but the quality is just not there. And... Um, I, th- I think the magic's gone from Gato's booking. I've been waiting. like I've been holding off on saying it, but I look at this build, which is always hard because it's like, we basically know the fucking card in like November. But now that it's finalized, I'm looking at it and there's not a lot of inspiring stuff here. It's a lot of stuff that they're like forced to do by the higher ups. And I just, none of this stuff and you know, gives me a bunch of confidence moving forward that said still looking forward to the show i think it's going to be a good show um what are your thoughts to uh, close us out on this um i think the only other news that's kind of come about new japan wise that's going to be relevant is uh suzuki goon is disbanding so there are opportunities for new directions there and i don't know what it's going to lead but one of the people, the person that immediately jumps to mind in need of new direction will be Zack Sabre Jr. after he loses to Ren Narita. So I don't know what the play is going to be there, but that's that's really the only extra thought I have to add to it. I always assumed he was going to take over and we were going to get Sabre Goon. I mean, maybe. We're going to find out, right? Like... Because if these guys just go to the wind and kind of scatter, it's just like, oh, 
school. We've got some people in chaos. We've got a few in Los and Gobernovoes, like uh, and or you know. poor Sap getting stuck in Evil's House of Torture. Dude, <laughs> fucking done with House of Torture. Remember when we thought show was going to be a big deal in this company? Oh, that. Oh, yeah. But no, let, let's give the spotlight been. to Master Watto. Do what? I think he could have been. Yeah, he could have been. This sucks. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like, I don't want to end the show in a bummer, but I'm just like, my New Japan preview is basically like, I don't know, I'll watch it. <laughs> It's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, if I were to subscribe, it's basically paying ten bucks that month to watch Osprey versus yeah. Omega, yeah. and then enjoy Jay White Okada, and enjoy you know the women's match. That's really it. So, anything else you want to touch on before we scoot? No, I think that's that's covered everything for this week. Sweet. So next week we'll cover New Year's Smash, which should be fucking fun given the trajectory that AEW's been on. And we'll do some uh, predictions for 2023. Then the week after that's the Wrestle Kingdom review and a big yep. Dynamite review. Week after that is the uh, post LA show. <laughs> and then probably after that we'll do the AEW or AEW. After that we'll probably do the 2022 awards. So. We're like booked for the next month. Look at us. Until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. We're the Bingo Hall Boys.